we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, ACIP, held a meeting at CDC in Georgia, still meeting on Zoom, by the way, on October 19th to discuss adding the COVID vaccine to the child immunization schedule. The studies presented were boasting on how safe and effective the vaccine is for pregnant women, breastfeeding mothers, and children. Let's hear what a father had to say before the vote was taken. Hello, Bob Reynolds. I'm a Washington state parent, extremely concerned about the health of future generations. This committee has been very successful at injecting children, usually against childhood diseases. The CDC has continued to add to the vaccine schedule since 1986 when liability protection was granted to vaccine makers. Today, Families who follow the schedule will have their children injected 54 times with 73 doses of antigens for 16 diseases before they graduate. Since 1986, there have been no commensurate improvement in the overall health of our population. The U.S. ranks poorly in many categories with very disturbing trends like the unexplained autism epidemic. Now, the elephant in the room, COVID is not a childhood disease. COVID vaccines, which I will refer to as COVID shots, are not medically indicated for the young. Their amazing immune systems can be strong if not hampered with. What's more, it is now widely acknowledged that COVID shots don't stop transmission. So it cannot be said that these shots save others from getting infected. The marginal benefits from these shots wane quickly, faster than for any other injection on the schedule. COVID shots are not well targeted to circulating variants. I don't care how fast trials are conducted, even mRNA technology cannot be fast enough to address a new microbe except for maybe when using gain-of-function of dual-use dual research. So many of the public see what's going on. We notice when the vaccine definition was changed. We notice when the phrase vaccine failure was changed to breakthrough infection and immune escape. It's all vaccine failure. We've seen the death certificate criteria change to favor COVID death rates confounding from and with. We see the huge government-funded efforts to market these products in TV, radio, print, billboards, online. Shouldn't they sell themselves if they're so good? The majority of parents know their kids are not at measurable risk, yet the public health apparatus tries to convince us otherwise. Parents see and sense that something is wrong. Our radar is pinging. We see other countries like Sweden and Denmark with very clear policy shifts against injecting children. Does the CDC consider how other countries are making their decisions? Yet there's this rush to recommend kind of approved COVID shots for ever lower ages. We see the ASIP as one of the many government bodies and private interests bending rules to mandate COVID shots. We know the CDC childhood schedule is the golden goose, granting liability immunity to pharmaceutical companies who, by the way, do all their own testing. You must vote no on any new shots to any of these schedules for COVID or other diseases. Our young little pincushions are already exposed to many attempts, to too many attempts at artificial immunity. To reduce risk, the ACIP should be finding safe ways to reduce the childhood schedule as VPDs diminish. Four polio shots, really? Vote no in adding vaccines to shots at any schedule. Be extra critical of the studies and talking points aimed toward you. The data must be overwhelming if the committee adds anything to the already bloated schedules. Vote no 
Thank you for your comment. Your time has expired. Okay, so tell us what the vaccine for children's program resolution that they are wanting to pass. Okay, the vaccine for children program, according to the CDC, helps provide vaccines to children whose parents or guardians may not be able to afford them. This helps ensure that all children have a better chance at getting their recommended vaccinations on schedule. Vaccines available through the VFC program are those recommended by the ACIP committee. These vaccines protect babies, young children, and adolescents from diseases. Funding the via, for the VFC is approved by the Office of Management and Budget, OMB, and allocated through the Centers for Medical, Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, to the Centers for Disease Control. CDC buys vaccines at a discount and distributes them to grantees, state health departments, certain local and territorial public health agencies, which in turn distribute them to, at no charge to those private physicians' offices and public health clinics registered as via BFC providers. Yes. So it's very interesting that this exact language on this resolution that they wanted to pass says approve so it's COVID-19 vaccine VFC vote approve the vaccines for children VFC resolution for COVID-19 vaccines so essentially what they are guaranteeing is that once that trillion dollars that the government printed and flooded the economy with for free vaccines, for PCR testing, so people could take two weeks off of work. All of that money, once that ends, they're just securing that another government agency will provide the resources. So essentially, Michelle, would you agree with me in saying that they just want to make sure that we, the taxpayers, continue to fund this program that many don't even agree with. Yes. And they're making sure that state institutions, it's even interesting when they talk about the roles that are involved in the VFC, that there are roles that involve getting in, um, the provider when currently enrolled or wants to know the incentives for joining the VFC program, what's involved, how to order vaccines and how costs and fees are handled. Um, the role, the other roles are the parent or guardian of the child needing vaccines um, provided by the VFC, who needs to know what the VFC offers them, how to find vaccines provided, and who to contact for answers to questions. So, it's financing, educating the pa the the patient, the families. It's financing, um, making sure that the people, the providers who want to provide these free vaccines, know the incentives for them financially for providing those vaccines. And then it says the awardee. Um, with the largest role that performs the paperwork, distributes vaccines, complies with changing state and federal regulations, manages the program, recruits and enrolls the providers in the program, evaluates performance, controls, identifies, and differentiates fraud from abuse. So self-regulation, all the financing of self-regulation, it looks like, provides quality assurance and improvement. I'm just imagining what the QA is like within a government program like this. Conducts provider site visits, completes surveys, returns, replaces, files credits for vaccines not used. So 
basically it's listing all the money that's going to be redirected toward this program for simply the distribution of um, this vaccine in the being added to the um, the VFC. Yeah. Yeah. It I, it's, a lot it, of government. And one thing that I learned, so, so just to be clear to our audience, what was voted on at the CDC on the 19th of October was to ensure continued funding of free vaccines to those who qualify. So those that do not have health insurance or those that don't qualify for Medicaid, they want to ensure that funding continues to inject our children with this vaccine that is neither safe nor effective, in my opinion. Right. And what did not happen yesterday was ACIP did not vote to add the vaccine to the CDC recommended immunization schedule for kids yesterday. And um, ACIP voted, in fact, to add it to the vaccines for children program, the VFC, as she mentioned, that she just went over. And ACIP will vote to add this uh, COVID vaccine to the recommended immunization schedule. You know, it's just criminal to me. It's evil to me. I I listened to that entire couple hours going on talking about the, the studies and the safety and effectiveness and the special populations, the mothers or the pregnant mothers, the breastfeeding mothers, our children, our protected populations. And, and we are just throwing that out the window, the, the medical ethics that, that we know the, the Nuremberg code essentially as well are, are just, it's just thrown out the window and it's a travesty to me. It is interesting that these parents are able to come in and give their statements, but nobody actually responds or reacts to try and discredit the parent who may have said that it would be nice to know what their side of the view was to what the parent actually claimed for the reason not to pass it. Correct. They, they did not have any discussions after that. And another point was that they did allow a couple of different organizations uh, that, that um, are senior citizen led to have their, their point of view heard. And essentially these senior citizen organizations were saying how they needed the children to get vaccinated to protect them. I mean, when ever did we use our children as shields to protect the elderly? I, I it, it just blows everything, my mind. Yeah, everything's just turned around. Okay, um, I think they did have a response to that. Um, did with their vote went to when they did go to vote. Let's review what they said um, to the audience about their role that they play at the ACIP. This is an issue to allow children that don't have insurance to gain access to this vaccine. Um, It's particularly important as we move on to commercialization of the vaccine. It is not, it is not listing this as a routine vaccine for children to enter school. And it is not a change in our policy for these vaccines, for these routine vaccines in children. Yeah. Right. And, and as, as, uh, as uh, Dr. Cohen is telling me, uh, and again, re- reminding me, which you should all know, is that uh, the CDC doesn't make state recommendations for vaccination, right? That is a state issue. 
interesting. Yeah, that they say that it's not a state issue, that this is not listing it as a routine vax to enter school. So, yes, it is not. The, it's about the VFC. That's what the vote is about. But they say they want to make sure the public understands that it's not the CDC who makes decisions about what goes on the children's vaccine schedule to enter school. But when you go to the CDC website to find out who sets the immunization schedule, it says as part of its mission to promote health and prevent disease, CDC publishes written recommendations for vaccinating U.S. children and adults. These recommendations are set to protect infants, children, adolescents, adults, and against vaccine-preventable diseases. Medical and public health experts review available data on newly licensed and existing vaccines. These experts who include vaccine experts, scientists, doctors, public health professionals, form the ACIP. The ACP, ACIP meets three times each year to discuss vaccine recommendations they consider. They consider how safe and effective the vaccine is, the severity of the vaccine on the disease the vaccine prevents, how many people get the disease if there's no vaccine, how well the vaccine helps the body produce immunity. The final vaccine recommendations include number of doses, timing between doses, age of infants and children to receive those, and precautions and contraindications. The CDC sets the immunization schedules based on ACIP's recommendations. The childhood adolescent schedules are also approved by the American Academy of Pediatrics, American Academy of Family Physicians, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. The adult schedule is also approved by the American Academy of Family Physicians and the College of Obstetricians, Gynecologists, and the American College of Physicians and the American College of Nurse Midwives. So it's interesting that he is trying to assure the public that, in fact, the CDC does not make this the schedule for the children, but yet the exact words say the CDC sets the immunization schedules based on ACIP's recommendations. So that's verbatim on their website. Yes. So it is a misleading misinformation statement to say to the public that, oh, what's happening here with all of us experts gathered together, um, discussing all the knowledge we have that's superior to everyone else. We know that the studies we chose to use to influence our decision today support our right to put this COVID vaccine um, for the VFC program. And today, um, when they vote again today for the next level, it's going to be presumed that it will also be approved, that the ACIP committee will assumingly also approve it for the children's schedule. And then what does the CDC go and do? They look at the ACIP's recommendations. And if anything has taught us anything in this last two years is whatever the CDC says must be exactly what we should do. So it becomes the state guidelines for the schools. That's exactly right. CDC says, CDC says, unless the the private organization wants to make up their own policies and protocols, which we see happening all over. CDC recommended against masks, for instance, and for the hospitals, they came out and made a statement, but yet you have hospitals and doctor's offices still requiring masks. And they don't care if you say, CDC says we don't need it anymore. They don't care. And that's, and that's a problem with the science. I, I want to close out this segment, just letting people know that when you take your child 
to quote unquote, a well child visit, what I have come to learn that the priority for scheduling those well child visits is to inject them. It's centered around the injection schedule that's set by the ACIP recommendations that the CDC accepts to put on that children's schedule. And that is why you have a 12-month checkup, a 15-month checkup, an 18-month checkup. And what I want all parents to recognize is that there is a lot of information out there that you need to know about what's on that schedule. You heard that father mention that we're talking about 54 shots of 72 antigens going into your child's body between the ages of zero and 18. If you want some resources to know how to be better informed about what's actually in each of these vaccines, please reach out to Advocacy with Michelle um, on Instagram, Michelle with one L. And I will drop you as many links as you can to get yourself better informed and go in as an informed parent about what's being injected into your children. Absolutely. And for me as a mother, you know, with my last child, because my my children have, you know, 15 years apart. And with my last child, I didn't even take him into the doctor because, you know, I was like, you're pooping, you're peeing, you're eating, you're growing, you're sleeping. What's the point in taking you in to a quote unquote, well, child visit, if it's anything, you know, if it's just to inject you? We'll be right back with a quick pause and we'll see you on the other side. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Make sure you go to our website and check the banner bars. The banner bars to the sponsors, when you click on them, automatically give you a discount on products. I like especially Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement for a great night's sleep. I took it last night. No wonder I feel so good today. Check out Healthy Cell and go to our website, Banner Bar, to get a discount off your first purchase. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. 
So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So this week, we have an exciting launch in the truth movement. During more than a year of painstaking and meticulous research and interviews, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. unearths shocking truths about collusion, deceit, and manipulation affecting the freedom, health, and safety of our families. And despite all the censorship, boycotts from bookstores and libraries, and hit pieces against the author, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, is a New York Times bestseller with over a million copies sold. And now that book is a full length feature film. Yeah. Within five minutes of listening to this movie, you will understand why Robert F. Kennedy's bestseller book, The Real Anthony Fauci, is um, such a success. It's exposing big pharma, big tech and big government and what we have all witnessed during this last two years of a de- going on in our society. I've got a clip for it right here. Study describes how 23 service members later developed chest pain and sought medical attention. Maybe 2,000 per year to 863,000 neurological issues, which would affect our pilots. Over a thousand percent increase in one year. And it looks like in the first three months there was 42,000 adverse events reported and 1,223 deaths. A total of 10,262 COVID-19 vaccine breakthrough infections had been reported from 46 U.S. states. If you get vaccinated, you are protected. For every one person of the vaccine saved from COVID, it kills four people from fatal cardiac arrest. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, as, as a whistleblower working for the Department of Health and Human Services under the branch of the Indian Health Services, which is a federally funded hospital for our Native Americans. It was part of my whistleblower story. I We were seeing so many adverse events and nobody was reporting it. And that's why, Michelle, and, and for the listeners out there listening, that's why I, I had to do something drastic. Because that cognitive dissonance that they do talk about in the movie, I was witnessing with all of my colleagues and in my whistleblower story with Project Veritas, it describes, it it films actually, a patient that was in his early 30s who received the second dose of vaccine on a Tuesday. By Saturday, he was in my ER complaining of shortness, a shortness of breath and a frequent cough that he couldn't stop. 
and he was diagnosed with myocarditis, pericarditis, and congestive heart failure. And still yet, and still yet, we had other physicians that were there on record being recorded, wondering how in the world did this happen? Here was a gentleman that had COVID naturally the year before, get the dose of the vaccine and then get another dose, or excuse me, he never even got the second dose because he went into heart failure. <laughs> yeah. And was baffled. He was like, how, yeah. how did this happen? I'm like, what do you mean? How did this happen? He got the freaking shot. Yeah. The cognitive dissonance with these stories. I mean, on my platforms with the face of COVID-19 and the treat run at home, I have gotten thousands of people's stories that have been very similar that they are having people in their lives, their family members, their friends that are having shocking things happen to them. And they had, and they just had gotten the COVID vaccine and they are making zero connection to the sudden decline in their health, the sudden decline in um, their family loved one, a dead relative very rapidly, somebody's um, loved one dying on the way home from the hospital after just getting the COVID vaccine. So the disconnect is unbelievable. And not only that, um, the amount of people when the um, mandates came out, what was happening during the fall of 21 when the president and all authorities in the country were saying that it was going to be mandated or else you're going to lose your job? The thousands of people that were reaching out to me saying things like, I have to get it, Michelle. I'll lose my job. They mm-hmm. literally could not see a way out of it. They the the propaganda that had been used against them had successfully convinced them that they literally were going to lose their livelihoods, their ability to provide for their family, their ability to stay in college, their ability to progress in college, to get in clinicals as a nurse, to get into a college as a medical doctor. If they didn't get these vaccines, the power of the propaganda that was being put out against us was unbelievable. And the people that um, were awake enough to say, I've got to find a solution, you know, got their exemptions, pursued exemptions and were successful. Or even some said, it's not worth it. I'll lose my job over this matter. But a majority of people said yes. And when they were offered $200, every time you get a vaccine, we'll add an extra $200 to your paycheck. And, you know, we'll, we'll incentivize you to get that. They happily signed up to get the $200 to get every injection. What we've witnessed has been unbelievable. And I'm so thankful for this movie to be exposing what was going on, what the true history is behind the scenes Yeah, um, is unbelievable. And the history of Anthony Fauci himself, if you haven't read the book, you definitely are going to be just blown away by the uh, movie. If you did read the book, the movie's just going to blow you away also because it's now put to video of the actual clips of everything that was said that is there forever. It cannot be erased. You cannot say. Right. And it's in real time. And, and I used a lot of his evidence for my whistleblower lawsuit. Actually, Uh, I I did that. And I also, um, Dr. uh, Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. Oh, I can't remember the name of the book, Uh, but they came out with, I think, no, that's the face of COVID's Dr. McCullough's. Anyway, all of these books that are out there uh, that that are on the side of the truth, guess what? Guess what happens? What's the difference between propaganda and truth? Truth 
has actual evidence that you can back up with science and data and links and citations. And that's what I use for the book. And this is what I want everybody to know or please to do is to share this movie, watch this movie and share it with your family members and your loved ones or your friends that maybe you haven't talked to, you know, in a year or two because of the differing of opinions, but what makes it so important to keep talking and sharing our truth is because others listen. I I have a, a lady that walks by with her dog And I'm always listening to podcasts on my back porch and she heard it and she came up to me and told me, you know, I think the vaccine killed my mom. And I said, well, what happened? And she, she was 96 years old, Michelle, 96 years old. She gets the COVID shot and the next day, nobody is hearing from her. So her brother went over to the house to check on her and the house is all in disarray, like somebody broke in, but they didn't. What happened was she just lost her mind, wound up having a stroke and wound up passing away down the street. There's a cigar bar that I go to and I was just having a conversation with my friend. I don't lower my tone when I'm having a conversation because other people may listen And this one gentleman who had his back to me, we, you know, he was sitting right behind me. He literally turned around and he said to me, excuse me, I overheard your conversation. I'm a fireman with Phoenix uh, fire department. And my captain and I were one of the last people to get injected because we absolutely did not want this. And we both had so much anxiety and fear for doing it, that we scheduled our appointment at the same time. And we went together. And once we arrived in the clinic, we were both so nervous. He said, I should have stopped there and just said, no, I'm not doing it. But instead, we both debated who's going to go first. Was it him or me? And the nurse actually brought in another nurse to inject um, his his coworker, actually his fire captain. And they, the nurses had to count down to three, one, two, three, and inject. And then on the way home, this man has a massive heart attack in his car and died. And oh. he goes, and I know it's from that shot. And I said, well, all of the, the safety signals point to it being from the shot. And he said, yes. And when I told people at the fire department, they said, no, you know, it, it just happened. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Stories in the thousands like this. I mean, we, this movie exposes, um, the cover up of those truths, the, um, trying to disparage the VAERS system and the collecting of data that was trying to calculate the only systems that were out there that our government has provided to actually calculate and capture these signals and vaccine problems, the massive attempt to disparage those that were trying to expose the truth about the vaccine injuries that were happening, the tr- the attempt to um, cover up the damage done by remdesivir, the only approved medication for these hospitalized patients, the attempt to cover up the NIH guidelines 
of what was and was not allowed for COVID patients inside the hospitals. Um, people don't know my, my own story. When I went to the COVID unit, when I was um, dropped off at the hospital with COVID on day 10 of COVID in 2020, my son was met with the National Guard at the door to keep him from going inside with me because only I was allowed to go inside. There was the, the, the realities of what happened inside the hospitals. And the whistleblowers that have come out and said what actually happened inside the hospitals, good and bad, um, the truth about these drugs that were used, the, dr the truth about the drugs that were suppressed, all of that data. The early treatment. Mm -hmm. this, this movie is an hour and 50 minutes long, so you will have access to it for free um, all the way until the 27th of um, this week. Of October. And, 27th of October. Of October. And you will um, get that opportunity. So we're going to have the link in the show notes that you can go to and click on to go get the movie and watch it. And then you can share that link with your friends. And what we encourage you, just like Jody said earlier, you we all have been impacted by the propaganda and the true misinformation that has been put out there. And the sad thing is, is we um, the part of the propaganda is to make what we're saying or what's on this movie be called the misinformation. But the, what Jody said was everything that's on this movie is all supportable by data, which makes it not the propaganda. But all of us have been impacted by the propaganda that's going on in this society for the last two and a half years. So if you are able to hear this and you feel like, I agree, I want this message to get out. We all, we cannot affect your community, but you can. So you take these links, you send it to the people you think are the skeptics and just challenge them and say, I, I just want to challenge you to watch the whole movie and then talk to me. You can tell me everything bad you think about it after the movie, but please at least watch it mm -hmm. and consider you know, does it affect your mind? Even if they even say negative things to you afterwards, it doesn't matter. That truth got into their ears and into their vision. And then they've got to wrestle with that. And it may be the first step in bringing them out of the cognitive dissonance that's happened during this last two and a half years. Yeah. And it may be the first time that they're willing to, to hear some evidence, right? Because lots of people, let's, let's, you know, be frank here. Lots of physicians and providers, they don't read the studies. They read the title, the abstract, maybe a little bit about how the study was performed, but then they go to the conclusion. And what we're finding out is all of the meat inside of these studies were just poor studies that never should have been, never should have been published. And in, in this movie, right away, when they look at it, they are going to see Fauci's face on CNN talking, right? They're going to see all of these facts about the Pfizer data that came out. And at that moment, I, I can't see how anybody, like you said, within the first five minutes, I can't see how anybody's going to turn it off. Exactly. So um, just consider this a great tool in your arsenal to help recover some relationships, perhaps. A lot of us have lost friends over the last two years. We've lost relationships. We've lost jobs. Things like that have happened. There are a lot of people with stories to tell. And we've got some brilliant, extremely well-published doctors that are going to be interviewed on this movie. Um, you're going to be so impressed with their credentials. Dr. McCullough is in the movie. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Robert Malone is there. I saw Peter Corey there as well. Mm -hmm. We have all these experts that are there and you can listen to them. These are well-published doctors. The, the facts are there for you and it's presented in such an entertaining way. It is a documentary, but it is so entertaining to watch. They have put it together just so skillfully. And there's a lot of censorship already coming with this. Um, there's mm-hmm. been people who've already gotten it in their email. What will happen is if you go to the link in the show notes and if you know how to go to the show notes, you go to America Out Loud Radio and you will look up Jody O'Malley as one of the people who has the show. And then you will look up this particular um, podcast and you will see within the show notes that link. And then you can copy paste that link. And and when you go to it, you'll just have to, uh, you'll see the trailer is about a five minute trailer. And then you can just put in your email and uh, immediately it will get sent to your email and then you can watch it. Um, yeah. whatever but we only have we only have a few seconds left before we have to go to break again but you did mention Dr. Pierre Corey who is one of the founders of the Frontline Critical Care Consortium FLCCC and they just had their first medical conference that it was jam packed i just heard about um a, someone talking about it today on America Out Loud Pulse And I was so excited because now physicians can attend these conferences, get real facts and data and disseminate that to their patients and earn CEUs, which we all need as medical professionals. We'll be right back, guys. Thanks. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. 
All right, here's some more shocking news that are, that's developing around the country. I had an article sent to me that the title was High School Cancels Rest of Football Season Due to Lack of Healthy Players. This one is out of Bellevue, Kentucky, in which the high school athletic director said that it is due to a limited number of healthy players. Hmm, that was interesting to me. So I did a little bit more research. I found out that Lincoln Northwest High School in Lincoln, Nebraska, Shenandoah High School football program out of uh, Iowa, and Okemos, Michigan, a school of 1,400 students, cancels the remainder of football season. They don't go into too much detail, but all of these articles pretty much cite safety of players being their number one priority. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've never heard of high schools shutting down their sports programs like this. I mean, you know, we're, we're coming off of COVID where these kids have been isolated and the sports are their number one most important thing in their life for a majority of them. They're, they're not only doing it because they, you know, love the sport and being around their friend, but what about the ones that have aspirations of getting recruited and going to college? I I think that is, it's crazy. What do you think about that, Michelle? What is going on? I mean, in all of our lifetime, when have we ever heard that an athletic program had to close itself because of unhealthy, that there's not enough healthy participants to sign up for a varsity level um, playing. That is just unheard of. And it makes you want to say what actually happened? What was actually going on? You know, did these schools in 2021, did they succumb to the mandate pressure that was going on? Did a lot of the parents feel like they had to um, get their kids vaccinated in 2021? And now we're in the post vaccination. There's a problem going on. Um, did these schools make the parents feel like they should have these kids vaccinated? This happens to be athletic sports that are closing up that typically are boys. So we know that boys are more affected by the myocarditis from the vaccine. Right. So talking about boys that are now having um, performance issues with their athletics, what is going on here? I mean, if, if we want to look at what is the threat to this age group that we would typically say, okay, what would be a reason why we wouldn't have healthy children in this age group? Um, on a nurse analysis, we would say, okay, how many American children do we even have in this age group? We have about 17 million children in this age group. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, was it COVID? I mean, we're in the COVID era. So did COVID actually cause them to be in this situation? So it looks like according to the CDC, that almost three years now, since January of 2020, we've had 700 deaths in this age group. Um, that is two deaths per million with a, a death rate of 0.00004%. So we're talking about COVID itself being a really, really low risk for this age group. Yeah. So, you know what? Let me break that down a little bit. So, so we're saying 700 deaths in about three years. So that's approximately a little bit more than 200 deaths a year. So what's what what's normal? What 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 is the normal amount of childhood deaths that we typically see? 
because this is how our nursing critical brain kind of functions, guys. <laughs> so we looked it up. 2019, we had about 10,000 deaths. 2020, we saw a 12,000, we saw 12,000 deaths. So about a 2,000 more death increase. Now we can look at those numbers because in 2020, they uh, were saying that the chances of someone dying was about two deaths per million, okay? Or if we want to stick to this, 0.2 deaths per 100,000. So two, let, we'll, we'll bring it back, two deaths per million, right? So typically we see 12, or two, 10,000 die a year. So we know it's not COVID that was killing them, right? I right. mean, that, that's plain to see. Yeah, we've got 700 documented in that time. So we know exactly that in it was three not years. that. So mm -hmm. what was it? And the typical cause of death um, looks like is accidents and personal harm, intentional harm to oneself. So yeah, so that. they rate it by accidental, unintentional injuries, like car accidents, you know, um, whatever, unintentional. Then you have homicide. So people killing children. Mm -hmm. And then suicides, children killing themselves. And I know from being in the hospital and having friends that work in crisis prevention and recovery, the amount of completed suicides skyrocketed when we isolated our children in 2020. Yeah. When we think about the impact, um, when we, our majority of our population is within a public school or in a private school, we have a generations of children who are what I would actually call, I mean, I'm a homeschool mom, so it's coming from a perspective from my different view, but I would call it a Darwinian culture where it is survival of the fittest. You Are you the prettiest? Do you look pretty enough? Do you have, are you successful enough academically? Are you, do you have athletic prowess? Do you have, are you in the LGBT community? Is that's where your support system is? That's where your peers are every day, kind of helping you feel like you're supported. And there you are um, in this culture where you're used to that kind of peer dependency every single day for 12 years of your life. And then all of a sudden the government says you have to all be home and you're isolated. And we've got kids who are now withdrawn from their peer dependent environment. They can't get access. They can't get the kudos they're used to getting every day that reinforces maybe how they feel about themselves. Their academics are struggling. And then on top of that, you have um, this hungry potential that's going on. Like, are these homes bad? Some of the homes that children are now not in school every day, do they have food in their home? Was their only source of food um, in the school system? And now they are at a, in a home where maybe there's not provision for food. Is there a marital problem? And now all these marriage problems are present inside the house all day. The kids are in a home full of strife. They're not in the school every day. So there's all this um, growing despair, you know, you're isolated, you don't get your um, benefit of your peer group that gives you the confidence that you feel maybe in the things that you're really good at. And now your identity is being questioned. What is, who am I? Where's my identity? What value do I have? The value I had was based on my peer dependent situation I was used to being in. And now I'm at home. And was the government, you know, focused on 
that impact on the students? Were they telling the no, public schools to absolutely set not. more counselors? Let's get some counselors to be doing something to help these kids cope with what they lost. No, that's not what we did. And what happened? Did more of them die of COVID during this extreme lockdown? No, it was a very small percentage. It's very sad that there's any death, but it's a small percentage. And yet, even so, in 2021, here comes mandates. Mandates and how many of these kids now, these athletes, maybe their athletic future is literally destroyed because of some kind of medical damage. And we really do want to know. We want to know how many of you know something like this is going on. Like, do you know that inside your schools this happened? And has your story not made it to the news? Is it not on a newspaper um, post right now? But we want to know. And if y'all have stories inside of your school systems that you want to tell us about, that your student's athletic um, situation has been impacted, that mandates were, in fact, imposed upon your child's school experience. We want to hear about it. Yeah, I, I would like to hear about how many how many more schools this is happening to, because as someone that has a lot of friends in rural areas and my cousins and, and family, uh, sports is their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, they live for Friday night football, right? Mm-hmm. And and for them to cancel the season, citing limited number of healthy players, I mean, you really don't get any healthier than you are in your teenage years. Once you turn 18, I mean, it all just trickles down from there, right? <laughs> you know, and, and as a nurse, we know, we know that most abuse cases and issues in the homes are found in schools. You know, so it, it when the student is not in the school and, and that's what happened throughout 2020, 2021, essentially, you know, a, a lot of abuse cases weren't weren't being recognized and they didn't have the help. I mean, who are they going to tell their abuser? You know, they, right. they didn't have the opportunity to go to school and have their teacher notice injuries on them. Or notice that their disposition has changed. Why is the kid crying? You know, what what's the issues? Why do they feel, why are they, you know, away from their social group? And and you addressed it too, Michelle, about their identity as a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're taking away this contact, this socialization for kids to learn the, how to socialize. And all their identity is behind social media, which is so fake. Social media doesn't tell you, you know, who that person is. It's who they want you to think they are. Sadly, that whole, yeah, they had been used to their entire life. Their form of socialization was 100% based on a school environment socialization. And all of a sudden they are in a home environment all the time socialization. And there and there's nothing wrong with that. That is an ideal situation. But every kid's home isn't an ideal situation. So there was definitely when you look at the 2000 extra deaths and we know that it's associated to the suicide and accidents that are going on that may have or drug overdoses. How about fentanyl pouring in for our country and kids thinking that it's Skittles and overdosing? Yeah, so Biden has our borders open and he doesn't even want to remove it. I I heard that Ducey put up uh, uh, shipping containers to cover the holes in the border. And the Biden administration is ordering him to remove that. Like, what? Dude, get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, while this is going down, while America's children are all of a sudden not able to play athletics anymore, 
and we've got kids that are dying of uh, more suicide and drug overdoses, it seems like the message of 2020 and 21 was more about riots and agendas with um, the LGBTQ community. It seems like that's what's dominated the news instead. And here at this time, when all when when that was dominating the news, where was the government looking at the children who they pulled out of the schools to keep at home and kept at home and mandated and put all these extra social pressures on about the vaccine because kids are very oriented to peer acceptance. So if your, your friend's getting the vaccine and it's the cool thing to get the vaccine, you may go and get the vaccine just because um, it's a cool thing to do. And not absolutely. And then we had agendas within the school saying that we're going to let the kids get vaccines without parental consent. That's been going on for the last mm-hmm. two years. It's really amazing to think where we have come, how much our society has altered And it does all seem to revolve around not so much the disease itself, but the vaccine, the impact of the vaccine and the change of society on the kids, on their um, health and on the workplace as well, of course. Right. And and we know that the vaccine, it goes throughout the whole body. So I, I think it's affecting a lot of people's thinking. You know, you have you have that it's as a possible concern. Then you also, we also know that propaganda messaging uh, really infiltrated people's spirits and souls these last couple of years. And, and it's just a shame to see what's happened from 2019 to, to now. But for those of us who are paying attention, we know that this was not, uh, this was not This was intentional, right? It was intentional. The world economic, excuse me, World Economic Forum Agenda 2030, you know, it has all of these, well, what do you call it? Um, I'm just losing my train of thought here, closing out the, the show. Sorry, guys. But they have all these initiatives in order to usher in what they want to happen in society, you know, get rid of all of the critical thinkers, get rid of all of the useless eaters. You know, today we did a segment that uh, I haven't done before, and that was essentially a nurse news analysis. And we have a lot to say about all of these topics, but I want to hear what your thoughts are on this program. I want to hear your thoughts are on what's going on in the world and what interests you, what excites you, what do you want us to opine on more? Um, Send us your story. You can email me directly at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at AmericaOutloud.com. You can go to America Out Loud Pulse. We have so many amazing radio hosts that all have different opinions. We have Dr. McCullough. We have someone breaking down the Constitution um, natural medicine and, and subscribe to our podcast, pull out your podcast app, type in America out loud pulse and go up to the corner and hit subscribe. So you will never miss a show. Have a great day guys. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on America out loud pulse. Always a beat ahead.